0: Good morning. It's good to begin this day with prayer, and I wanted to begin that this way. I wanted to begin us um, begin our moment together as we lean into the Word of God, as we lean into this season. Uh, so let's pray together and uh, pray for me, please, that the Word kind of comes through me, but also pray for the person next to you because you never know what, brings people to this place in this time. And I don't think anyone's here by coincidence. So pray for the person next to you that God will speak to them and that we have hearts to hear, eyes to see, ears to listen. Let's let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for life and for for family, Lord, for for a place that we can gather together, a place where we can Sing and declare our love for you and our love for one another. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to do this, not in secret, but in full view of the world. Lord, we have freedom here, and we are thankful for that. Help us not to take that for granted. This morning, Lord, I pray that that those people who are here in person, those people who will watch it either this morning or sometime during the week, Lord, that you would, you would prepare our hearts to hear because there's a world out there that definitely needs what we have to offer. They need the joy we show, the cheerfulness that we share. They need the hope that we have. So this morning, Lord, help us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is the moment whenever we start to lean into this new holiday season. It's, be, it's our beginning, to, our, our walk towards Christmas Day. And uh, I know many of our kids have been waiting for this month for really the whole year. Am I right? Yes, uh, you have been, right? A whole year you've been waiting just for this month and what's coming. A thousand million hours. I like this. See, this is the most response I've gotten uh, all year. (laughs) Thank you, girls. (laughs) Oh, it's great. Um, I know some of you have been waiting, and how do I know? Because I know that on November 1st, I started hearing Christmas music, and there's something very wrong about that. To hear Jingle Bell Rock the day after Halloween, there's something inherently flawed with that whole idea. And I think it's breaking some sort of a social rule. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an unspoken one. Uh, But I know there are those among you who've been waiting for the holidays and you're waiting for this December. So it's December, congratulations. Okay, we'll move on now. as a preacher, it's my job to reorient us to the things that really matter, no matter what time of year it is, no matter what season it is. Now, we know Christmas is, first and foremost, it's the celebration of Jesus Christ. It's his birth. It's the moment when God came near. Uh, we know that Christmas morning is that moment we celebrate Jesus as God's gift to mankind. Uh, the season of Advent, the season uh, that's kind of leading up to that, is this is this time when we can kind of gather together and remind ourselves of just the, the value of that gift, but also to remind ourselves that there was a time in history when people were still waiting for God's Messiah to come. So what we do is we celebrate the moment whenever God sent his son, uh, he gave his son into the care of humanity. That's trust. But we also remind ourselves that not only has Jesus come once, but he's coming again. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now while we celebrate and wait to celebrate this birth, we also wait for his return. Uh, So this time of year just happens to be the moment when we stop and remember, okay, we're still waiting. Yes, it's busy. There's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. Uh, The next few weeks for many of us are going to be a blur. I mean just look at the calendar it's already starting to fill up and so there's there's a lot going on but there's a difference in waiting for Christmas than there is waiting for Christ. Now we know Christmas morning is December 25th we know that and we know what we're going to be doing most of us have a routine. Some of us Because of situations and circumstances this year, we're going to have new routines. And we're not really quite sure how that's going to work or if we're even going to like it. But we all have our routine. Um, We know the script. We play it out. But waiting for Jesus to return, that requires something a little different. It's a different kind of waiting altogether. You know, waiting for Jesus requires something more. It requires us to be a little bit more watchful little bit more uh, expectant. Now we know when Christmas is going to be but we don't know when Jesus is going to return. Now I've spoken with several of you and I hear the anxiety because of the things that are going on in our world. I hear um, you know what's going to happen. I hear this sense of dread and and I'd like to say yeah it's nothing new that stuff's been happening for years and where that may be true to some extent some of that it concerns me too there's a lot of things going on that concern me you know first and foremost how did Alabama beat Georgia oh my gosh what's happening with the world (sighs) okay I know I knew some of you would appreciate that but there are there are really some serious things that are going on in our world, and you see them on the news all the time. Some of you probably have the news on 24-7. If you do, stop it. I'll say that first. But, but some of these things really concern me too. The wars that are going on. Ukraine has been going on for a while. Uh, Israel. Man. And throughout the world, there's other things, other wars, other conflicts that are going on that concern me. But there's also other... Things that concern me too: Uh, the humanitarian situation on our border, humanitarian situation in Gaza. Not to mention a lot of these African countries that have been enduring this for quite some time now. There's uh, the rise in hate crimes against Jews and Palestinians in our country. There's this, uh, you know, conflict of race that's still going on. There's political conflict. Guys, get it together, right? political conflict there's economic issues there's challenges uh, in education in the state of Texas you know at least gas is going down but everything else seems to be going up food costs are going up you've got taxes seem to be rising home costs energy is getting more expensive and when we step back and look at it all together it's a little scary kind of makes you just want to turtle you know get in your little shell and get inside your home and turn on Netflix and just forget everything's going on <laughs> amen <laughs> but that's not what we're supposed to do as believers as people who have hope in Jesus we're not supposed to shrink back from what's happening this is what we talk about in our first Sunday advent, You know, in the midst of all the turmoil that's going on in the world and who knows locally, right? I don't know what's going on in your life, in your sphere of influence. But I wanted us to consider this one question today, and it's this right here. How can we be faithful people of God in the midst, uh, in our time, While we are waiting on Jesus to return. How can we be faithful as people of God in our time, in our place, in the midst of the state of our world? How do we keep our faith? Because it's hard. I've asked myself this question for a long time now. Because sometimes, y'all, it's really hard. So today's text is not one that we usually read and it's going to be interesting with all the kids in the room because this is not one we read uh, typically and it's not typically one we read around Christmas time in the Advent season but we're going to do it. Mark 13. Turn to Mark chapter 13. It'll also be on the screen here in a second. Now this is one of uh, Jesus' longest speeches in Mark Uh, but this is the second half of it. So Jesus and his disciples are in the temple, they're kind of walking around, I don't know, maybe they're just sitting, talking, who knows, but what we see is that the conversation suddenly turns really serious. In fact, Jesus says, hey yeah, you see all these stones, not one of them are going to be left on top of the other. Bad things are about to happen. This is kind of a apocalyptic moment here. Um, The pleasant stroll through the temple turns serious. Okay, here we go. We'll start at verse 24. It's a little longer text, but we'll read it. This is what he says. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven, Now learn a lesson from the fig tree when its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout you know that summer is near in the same way when you see all these things taking place you can know that his return is very near right at the door I tell you the truth this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place heaven and earth will disappear but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in the heaven or the Son Himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated like by a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do, and he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch. For you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak? Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone watch for him. Now, this section right here is known, this is interesting, things you learn, right? And it's known as the little apocalypse. <laughs> Is there a, ever a little apocalypse? It's, it's pretty interesting to me. Um, little apocalypse. But what he does is he starts by quoting some of the prophets, Isaiah and Joel. And he talks about the Son of Man coming back in the clouds. We see that in Daniel. Because those are some apocalyptic uh, images that we see in those particular chapters. But he's bringing all these prophetic texts here together. To warn, his, uh, to, to warn and remind his followers to pay attention because he's reminding them God is coming again. He tells them look for the signs. Of course, we don't know a whole lot about fig trees probably here in West Texas. Fig trees not really something that we probably grew up knowing how to look for fig trees. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a whole lot of them, but we do know some other signs. We know what clouds look like. We can tell when a storm is coming. Sometimes we look and then it's there and it's like two minutes. Um, we know uh, the sage in bloom. It's not just sweet perfume deep in the heart of Texas, right? It shows us that, <laughs> I had somebody start to clap. It is, it shows us that, you know, humidity's coming. That some, some people say, oh yeah, sage is blooming, rain's on its way. Th- that's a sign that we know are we paying attention to the signs? And I think sometimes we forget that Jesus is coming back. And I think it's because we don't really like to wait. We, we've done everything we can in our culture to keep us from having to wait. You know, there's, there's dissertations written on how to make wait lines shorter. We aren't good waiters. If we do have to wait, what do we normally do? We normally just go right to our phones. How many of you are getting a little thing in your neck right here because your head's always down? Chiropractors are like, yes, keep going. We don't like to wait. And when we do, we just, you know, we'll try to wait just pass the time as quickly as possible. How many of you remember what it was like to wait without a cell phone? Oh, man. Worst. Am I right? It's funny. You know, we actually had to watch people. We had to watch the sky. We had to watch birds. Look at signs. I mean, to look at the grass. I mean, that's crazy. Waiting to just get to the next thing is sometimes passive waiting. But there's some waiting that's active. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's um, let's say you're, paying, you're in the line waiting for groceries. That's kind of, you know, an annoyance. That's passive. Just let's get it done. But if you're waiting in line to ride this Disney ride you've been waiting to ride for years, then that's a little bit different. What are you doing? You are talking about the ride. You're, you're talking about what it's going to be like. You're talking about the experience. You're, you're, you know, everything that you're doing is geared towards what's coming. We've anticipated that day for months, and finally there it is. You know, there's this sense of, of actively waiting for something. Jesus says, keep watch. And it's not just an occasional glance around. He's saying, be on the lookout. Watch. Be actively waiting. So when it comes to the return of Jesus, what kind of waiter are you? We don't often talk about the return of Christ. But it's something that's always just underneath the surface. For some, it's something they think about quite often. And uh, that's created a lot of bad theology, I think. Uh, It scared a lot of people. Not from just the message, but also from some of those really awful movies, the Left Behind movies. Some of those, I'm sorry, are just really awful. And Hollywood knows, oh, we can scare people and we can make some money off of this. By the way, Fox and CNN know the same thing. FYI. A lot of people are tired of hearing about it. And so they just kind of go about their day and their business as usual as if it's just a normal every day. And yes, every December you'll hear lessons on waiting and being and, and people in anticipation and expectation and what it means to be watchful. But pretty soon those warnings, they start to become background noise my first house with Shelley, my wife, we got a, a great little house on a cul-de-sac, you know, no touching neighbors, it was great, but there was a train tracks real close. And I thought this is going to bother us. We were like, uh But I remember after a while, we didn't even hear it anymore. Just background noise. In fact, we kind of found it a little comforting. And we didn't really notice it until we had family stay with us. And that's when we heard about the train track and we remembered oh yeah in fact whenever I first interviewed for this job way back six six plus years ago um what's amazing is that you know as kind as Mitch I think put me up in the Wingate right next to the train tracks and I guess he wanted me to remember that you know we start things early in St. Angelo because 5 a.m there it comes um my fear is, and I guess it's not fear, it's uh, concern. Something I've thought about is, is this statement right here, the ongoing message that Jesus is coming back, it has this potential to to become background noise. I, mean, I don't know how many of you woke up today and goes, today the day? Is today the day when Jesus comes back? It's not typically how we start our day. Has it become background noise? But I want us to notice something about this little apocalypse of Jesus. It's not doom and gloom here. He says bad things will happen, but he also says my word will never disappear. And what sounds like disaster is actually preparing the way for Jesus to return. Matthew, he says, these are like the beginning of birth pains. And you know what happens at the end of whenever birth happens? it's, It's joy and excitement. It's not just an obligation. It's exciting and there's life, hope. We know that that whatever happens is preparing the way for Jesus to return. And when he comes back, he's going to make everything right. The process has already started. So are we waiting for that? Are we excited for that? I know that I don't need to tell a lot of us to stay awake because I know we are all so busy. Some of us are even sleep deprived. But I will ask again, how can we be faithful people of God while we wait? I know we're all awake, there's too much to do in the coming weeks to sleep, but I know also that we might be asleep to some of the things that really matter. This is what the world does to us. It tries to kind of lull us into this sleepy mode of trust and safety. You know, the powers that be, they tell us they want the best for us. They tell us they're going to take care of us. They tell us that they can fix the world's problems if you vote this way or if you pay this price or if you do this or that. They prey on our fears. They prey on those things uh, where we just feel anxious. They'll say, we'll provide what you need, but in reality, the principalities and the powers of this world, they want to do nothing but take from us. They want to make us servants to their agendas. They, they want, to, want us to do their will. So my encouragement to you is don't be lulled to sleep. They don't have your best interests in mind. All they want is more. So be watchful or wake up. And while we rush into our normal routines, I'm going to encourage you, don't neglect to remember our place as followers of Jesus Christ. Practice your faith. Don't relegate your spiritual practice to the 10 to 11 hour on a Sunday. There's 111 other hours in the week. Practice your faith. And I know some of you work really hard throughout the week. I know it. And I know some of you are very tired. You know, this is probably the only moment you come and have a place of peace and quiet. And I know some of you find really good sleep between 10.30 and 11 on Sundays. I see it. (laughs) But it's okay, I'm just assuming you're going to watch it later. (laughs) But I wonder, is it the same way during the season? The text we just read, Jesus is specifically talking about this calamity that's going to happen in 70 A.D. He's very specifically talking about the temple being destroyed and demolished. And we see that happens because Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was demolished. He's talking to people who would see and experience this destruction. And he's telling them, be watchful, be faithful, stay alert. Because it all means that God is starting to make things right. Until the moment he returns. Can we also live into that hope when we see difficult, horrible things happen in our world? And I'm not saying we should just sit back and watch it happen either. I mean, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have something to offer. We can speak into so many things. We can help. But most importantly, we live as people who have hope that God is coming back. And hope is beautiful, isn't it? Hope is like a little bit of light, you know, a little bit of hope and even the darkest situations can go a long way. It can give us the strength to endure. Just a little bit of hope can sustain us. What if we moved into this season determined to cling to the hope that we have in Jesus? Now, are we going to let the, the situations in the world define us? Are we going to let the situations going on around us determine how, how we're going to act or not act how we're going to hoard, or how we're going to share? Could we let our hope define us? Now, there are people in your world who are asleep. They don't realize the magnitude of what has been done for all of us through Jesus Christ. They don't. They don't realize the forgiveness that's available because they think what they've done is unforgivable. They don't realize that there's forgiveness for them. They don't realize that there is salvation available to everyone who asks. They don't realize the gift they have been offered, but we know that. We know those things as followers of Jesus. And if we do know of this gift that God's given us, why in the world would we live in despair? hope is beautiful in the midst of a very ugly world now there there's a lot of beautiful things in our world god has created an exceptional place but sin has kind of corrupted us if we have hope we can live into this difficult place and bring beauty back into those people's lives people who may have have lost a little bit of of, of that joy even believers who've lost a little bit of it, your hope could inspire people to move toward God. I'm telling you, I know things are hard, but a little bit of hope goes a very long way. And if, and if hope can, can fuel our faith, and if our faith can move mountains, what could it do if you share that hope with someone that's, that's in your world? in your sphere. And I think this is how we live as people of hope in the midst of the waiting. We live as people who are wide awake and it's, and it's this awake that is, that is actually restful too. This is what was given to us that first Christmas morning when Jesus came and this is what Jesus is giving us here in Mark chapter 13. Hope that the Son of Man will come again. The season is all about both now and it's all about not yet. So we kind of live in this little tense world where we're we're celebrating what's happened, but we're also waiting for what's next. So don't let the busyness of the season distract you from what Christ has done and what he will do, what he's promised to do. We celebrate, but we also wait for the blessed hope that is in Christ. We, We are grateful salvation and forgiveness and righteousness that we couldn't earn on our own. Righteousness that comes straight from God through Jesus Christ. We are grateful for eternal life but people need to know what hope looks like now in the here and the now more than ever. So my encouragement to you is as you wait be confident in your faith. Cling to your hope. Show the world the power that hope brings. And I think what you might find is this season will be much more meaningful to you. And you may not even want to rush through it. Because as we wait, we also wait together. Encouraging and loving and sharing our hope. I don't know what it is that you may need to respond to today but I want to encourage you we're going to have men and women around the room and I just encourage you if you just need prayer let us pray for you and if you feel the urge you know I just need to pray for the leaders of this church find one and just say a quick prayer with them share your hope with them because it doesn't matter who you are or what God has placed you in sometimes we all need a little bit of hope So take this moment and respond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I pray that you would help us to be people who can live in this difficult moment. Lord, not as people who are frightened or scared or just trying to rush through this, but help us, Lord, to be people who are awake, paying attention. Lord, paying attention to those people around us knowing that we've got, we've got an amazing gift that we could share. Lord, help us to be confident. I pray that the hope we have grows, gives us courage. And I pray that you'd help us to be people who know we're not alone because we're doing this together with the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together and sing.